1: Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. up, 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 We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person, a child. up, up.
2: pessimists see a glass half empty, but are optimists see a glass half full? Are
3: we locked into regressive mentality by change unseen? If you try to fail and then succeed, which have you done? Do you ask enough questions or do you settle for what you know?
2: The only questions that really matter are the ones you ask yourself. Welcome to Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think.
0: I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Ashley Thomas, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. So glad to be with y'all this morning. We have a special guest returning to the show. Um, he's been on the show many a times, but I think today is very special for this brother, Michael the II, Chief Investment Officer for SE Capital Management. Go ahead and let the cat out the bag on this morning's discussion. What is the difference between trading and investing? Ashley, you with us this morning before I bring that brother on. If you are, please say hello to the truth seekers out there. Say hello to Michael. And um, give people a little bit of your background on too, because I specifically picked you this morning as one of our Queens of Intellect members for this show because of your background. So, again, say hello to everybody. Give them your background. And then we'll get Michael live on the air with us as well.
3: Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. Uh, my name is Ashley Thomas. And... Uh, In my 9 to 5, I'm a client service manager, so I work with 401K plans and making sure they're in compliance. Um, I am a financial services professional, and good morning to Michael. I'm excited to be here for the conversation. I can't wait, wait to learn a whole lot about this.
0: Not, absolutely. This morning's discussion question. What is the difference between trading and investing? Michael pretty much gave a little introduction, but you can go a little deeper let people know how long you've been in this game, if you will. But thanks for being with us as we are highlighting uh, not only yourself. As you see, I got Ashley on here, so we're going to keep you in check, brother. You know, I keep these queens of intellect <laughs> on the show to keep us brothers in check. You heard that word compliance. I know that's a scary world in your investment world, but if you will, okay, uh again, give a little bit of your background before we get started with this morning's discussion question.
2: Well, good morning to everybody. Of course, nice to meet you, Ashley. And of course, once again, brother, uh, good to be on the show. Uh, good morning to all the truth seekers. I've been in this game, and the game is varied in, uh, as an operator, as a trader, as an investor in financial markets since 2005. Um, at the time, I was gainfully employed as an engineer, so my background has nothing to do with the financial markets, but uh, given my nature, um, a little curiosity, and a little bump from some very important, very close friends of mine, it started my journey into trading, which, again, is very different from investing, and I'm here to share that journey with you guys, but also to kind of differentiate, you know, what the difference is and why i think a lot of people need to slow down understand those differences even as we're seeing more of the black community more of the community at large of retail investors getting involved than ever before
0: mm-hmm. now absolutely so queen as we always start, you know you ready to pipe in on this thing very quickly so uh again i know you were excited to be on this morning show but the way we always start is we take that discussion question, and I always like to ask when you when I first said, "Hey, here's the show I want you to be on." Here's the question: What is the difference between trading and investing? Can you recall your first initial thought when I asked you to be on this particular show with the question worded that way?
3: Oh, my first thought was taxes. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that that that's kind of what came to mind to me when I thought about the difference between. Um, you know, the the question,
0: investing versus trading. So that was my first thought. Sounds good. Michael, I'll return that question to you again. You know, I've been wanting you to come on the show in particular with this. And we said, hey, for this particular show, we're going to start here. Uh, You've already kind of mentioned there is a difference. um, But when I called you and said, hey, let's do it this particular weekend, what was your initial thought about that same question? What is the difference between? <laughs> it's,
1: always, it's always a laugh.
2: It's always a laugh for me because like investing, trading has become kind of a, uh, a catch word for everybody that's doing something on their mobile phones in the markets. And they're talking about different types of stocks or whatever you want to call it. GameStop was a big thing about this time last year. So my initial thing is, it's time to split the hair where it should be. And that's really why, you know, I'm here today is because I was initially scared of investing, even with a job, really nice job, even, you know, having a 401k, even contributing to it. I really didn't know anything about it. But once I learned investing, I really switched over and was like, oh, this seems really, eh, I don't know, I don't get it. Seems like it's a lot of work. And I switched over to the one, ironically, that was trading, which seemed like a lot of fun, but turned out to be an uh, incredible amount of work. And so right off the bat, one of them, I would say, is a lifestyle, that's trade. That's investing, and trading is more of a job or dare I even say a calling.
0: not nah, fair enough. And, again, uh, we're going to get – into the nuts and bolts of you know the details for anybody out there listening. As we go through this discussion, uh, we very much want to open up the lines um, to everyone. I typically wait to after the break to give out the number, but I do see some callers out there. Um, Wanting you jump in initially. Um, But as we get started with the conversation, we definitely want you all to call in, ask your questions about that difference, or or if you already know the difference, you can ask a question in one area or the other. And again, as Michael says, he wants to, in a sense, break down the splitting of those hairs, because at the end of the day, um, you know, you can kind of group it all together and say it's, you know, in a sense, all investing. but I think that's part of Michael's concern with in a sense, partly how people see themselves or not really understanding the difference. And, and again, I think, again, there is a distinct difference, and we'll get into that, uh, you know, this morning as well. And so let me go ahead and give out that number, 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. 1691 Use the truth seekers. Y'all can get on this conversation with us uh, when you're ready to ask a question or have a comment as we go through this discussion this morning. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Again, if you are a first-time listener on the line, when you're ready to make a comment, you do have to press 1. Otherwise, I'll just assume that you're listening. So with that said, we're going to go to the break about a minute early so we can go ahead and get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion what is the difference between trading and investing again this morning's discussion question what is the difference between trading and investing we'll be right back where all i ask is that you think are you intimidated by money well this is a question most people never think to ask themselves but when forced to think about it many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money if you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach, Ashley Thomas, and psychotherapist, Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter on the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477.
4: you guys have friends who do stocks or you've been watching the news or been on social media it seems like somebody is talking about stocks all the time maybe a friend you know might have said i made x amount of dollars off of this trade or made this much percent on this stock so what do you do you download an app you buy your first stock all of a sudden that stock may not do well in the back of your mind you're thinking i'm investing into this company and some of you guys you have no idea why you're investing into it you just hear about it from your friends you bought that stock and that stock is in the red so there are people who make a lot of money and there are people who lose a lot of money and so you're wondering should i trade or should i invest or what is the difference So first, I want to go over what's considered long-term investing. I believe that it's buying into companies and holding them long-term, depending on how long you choose, regardless of the short-term volatility and price action. In your long-term portfolio, you can have a mix of mutual funds, index funds, ETFs, and single stocks. And when it comes to trading, people usually like to trade single stocks and ETFs. Now when it comes to trading, there's a lot of different ways and strategies you can trade, but the two most common ones are swing trading and day trading. Swing trading is when you buy into a stock and you hold that stock for a couple days, weeks, months, and then you'll sell it for a profit or possibly even a loss. Day trading on the other hand is buying a stock and selling that exact same day, holding no overnight positions. An example I can use is through an Apple stock. I have Apple stocks within my Roth IRA and my long-term investment portfolio, and I consistently buy into them without ever planning to sell them, unless they come out with really, really bad news and the company is losing value. At the same time, in my trading account, sometimes I like to buy Apple stocks and hold it for a couple days, maybe make a 5% gain, and then sell it. Or I'll buy Apple stock when it's down 2%, and then maybe throughout the day, it'll go back up 2%, and then I'll sell it. Hope that made sense, but... Welcome back
0: to the Mr. Dialogue Talks. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest, co host Ashley Thomas. Our special guest is Michael Sutler II, Chief Investment Officer for SC Capital Management. This morning's discussion question What is the difference between trading and investing? Actually, I'll start with you again. You are a personal finance coach. And so that was just a simple explanation, if you will, uh, to the difference in trading. And, you know, you and Michael could let me know, if you know, if that pretty much g- gave the simple view, if you will. Uh, but Michael highlighted something, again, being a longtime veteran in veteran in this investing and trading game, more, you know, his, his, his baby is, you know, in a sense being a trader, if you will. But he just mentioned the idea of his friends turned him on to it, kind of like the – Commercial said, and he mentioned the idea of him being afraid of it initially. You being a personal finance coach, do you see that? as reference to people that you, in a sense, work with who are, have this concept of "I know I need to invest, but I'm afraid of it." Um, do you do you see that in in, in your walk? In, you know, in your in, in your industry, if you will?
3: Yeah, I, I feel like people really go to to one of two extremes, right? Like either they're very terrified. And they don't know what to do and so it just kind of um, it's like analysis paralysis right like they've been i want to do this i'm looking at this i know these companies i'm really scared and it really becomes like how much money am i going to lose like what what's the trade-off to this, right? And then you have the other people on the other side that are like, fuck it, I'm going to just throw everything into it. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, but you should only be investing what you know that you're comfortable with losing. And people kind of forget that concept, whether you have the discretionary money or you don't. It really is about investing what you're comfortable with losing because it can swing either way and you have to make sure that you're protected as much as you can be given as the stock market, either way it goes. But it it definitely shows up that way because a lot of people don't understand it. And even though there is so much information out there, people are skeptical about the market, you know, how long it takes to make a profit. Even in the description that just came up, like when you talk about long-term, that can vary depending on the company that you're working with, depending on your financial goals. And so all of these different parts that make up investing can be very intimidating for people that aren't aware of how it works.
0: No, sounds good, Michael, if you will. Um, can you add to some of that definition? As Ashley just mentioned, it's not as simple as long-term versus short-term. So anything that you would like to add from what you heard, you know, in the cut And you know, just you know, again for first-time listeners, we're not gonna just do the simple "what's the difference." That won't be this show. It'll be a lot more to you know, a lot more to it. Is that you know, if you will. But yeah, if you will, just kind of add to that definition as as well as address people coming in. And as Ashley just mentioned, people are kind of on either end of it, from what she sees when she starts working with people. Go ahead, King.
2: Man, you know what? First of all, again. Now that we're warmed up, thank you, Ashley, because you highlight one of the key points about money in general, and especially when it comes to investing, when it comes to trading, when it comes to being in financial markets, is your relationship with money matters more than just about anything else that you could, whether you're starting or you've been in the market for a while, understanding how you see, how you perceive money. Like I say, some people blow money. Some people come at it. You know, a lot of people, one of the discussions I have all the time is that investing or trading is just like gambling. It's all the same if you don't know what you're doing. It's all the same. And like she was saying, also, we live in an age, we live in the information age where there's so much out there that is paralytic to some, but to some, even if you gave them the right information, they're going to blow right past it. And I'm glad you put that clip up because if you were to ask my opinion on the clip, Most of what he said was immaterial and pretty much wrong. It's it's narrow. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by narrow is that I heard him say, oh, you can put, you know, stocks or bonds or mutual funds. You can invest in a ton of things in these financial markets this day. The markets have exploded. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's not just about how you perceive which is that most people don't realize, you know, you're making decisions off of some uh, predilection, something that you actually come up with that probably wasn't your idea in the first place. You don't realize you're coming to the market. I didn't realize I was coming to the market with it. Again, I leaned on those who I knew knew me well enough to say, Hey, this sounds like something I would try. I knew there was some money involved. I like money. That was my launch pad, but that's definitely not what kept me in this game now 17 years. I would have long been gone. I would long have been eaten up because one thing I will say about the financial markets is the most money you can make anywhere, it does not come for free and it does not come easy.
0: Ashley, any thoughts to what Michael just said?
3: Man, I'm just um, blown away by his statement, your relationship with money matters. you know, And, and I think that people really disregard that when it comes to investing and like not really knowing how you are with your money and your relationship with money and how that impacts your decisions, right? I, I had a client, um, she wanted to start investing. She had gotten some money and I, I don't work with investments because a lot of people tend to be emotional when it comes to the market and investment, right? You, you have to remove emotions from these places. And so, You know, like she invested her money, and then we stopped talking because the market died as soon as she put her money in. And I knew that that had to be um, very disappointing for her. But if you don't understand your relationship with money and you're taking advice from other people and you don't know, like, what their financial profile is, why they're investing, what their motive is, what their goal is, um, I, I think right now it's really prevalent that we have a lot of people that are getting into investing because people keep talking about how much money they made in crypto or how much they made mm-hmm. in X, Y, and Z, and it's not given any consideration into what is their relationship with money. Do they have discretionary income that you don't have, and now you feel pressured to put more money into the market, or is it that you know they actually have read up on these and them, Or are they getting tips from somebody else, right? Working in 401K and doing participant education, there are so many times I went in and had meetings and people be like, oh, yeah, well, this guy in the office, he does investments for everybody. He's not licensed. He's trying to beat the market and doing trades every week in his account and his wife's account. Like, no, you should not be listening to this person. Like, I'm a (laughs) licensed professional here to help you, and you're telling me you would rather take advice from somebody who just does trades every day trying to beat out the market. It's not the same. And so when you don't take those things into account, you do yourself a disservice, you do your money a disservice, and, like, you really put your mental health and, like, your emotional health on the line
5: because your
3: emotions are tied to that money and how it's performing. And, like, I'm here to tell you the market can swing any which way, and if you keep your emotions in there and you don't understand how important your relationship with money is to that, you're gonna be in your feelings and like really upset and disappointed about how your money is performing, and probably incur more losses because you take the money out because you're scared that you started losing money, and that's all a part of the game.
0: Now it makes sense. So I hear both of you just highlighting again emotions, um, mind, and let's let's highlight mindset. Um, you know, speaking of making money, you know, making money matters. If anybody paid attention to that commercial. Um, Ashley is, is the founder of Making Money Matters, and Michael. I don't know if you even if I've even mentioned this to you, um, but he and I have been fortunate to start Making Money Matter Mondays, which is money and mental health together. So we bring in a psychiatrist. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, because we understand that it is the relationship with money that people are missing. Right? They're going into it as y'all just mentioned, hearing somebody said they made a lot of money, so you're interested, or or we got stuck during the pandemic, so more many more people. Entered the, the, the markets, like you said, handheld um, apps that allow you to invest. In and I think when we did that show, because Michael was on, we did the GameStop show. And I remember you were saying, you know, by having access on your phone, now you got a bunch of retailers. But I remember you and um, Brother Jack Pon- Ponty that we had on, y'all were just talking about it really was just fresh meat for all of you long-time yeah. veterans to take advantage of because you got retailers coming in, not – knowing the information but also not understanding their relationship with money Uh, but before we go um, if you will you know continue in a sense down that path about that relationship and mindset Um, can you in a sense break down if you said the commercial was in a sense narrow in its definition um, if you will You know, highlight that difference. Ashley pointed out that, you know, somebody following the information of a non licensed person that's day trading and wanting to get that information. And here she is, a licensed professional, probably leaning, if I understand her correctly, more towards convincing people to invest because, again, that's not what she teaches. So let's get a clear distinction at this point, if we will, before we continue into the more important aspect, which is that relationship. People have because it matters whether they're going to be an investor or a trader. I think. Well, let's get that definition from you, if you will, King.
2: Well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this time to kind of go from we'll take from a top down level. Trading is the active buying and selling of financial securities in an open public auction style financial market. Most people have only heard of this in the stock market. But there's a stock market, which is officially called the equities market. There's a bond market. Then there's a wide world of what we call alternatives or derivatives. Derivatives covers options, swaps, foreign exchange, which is currency, fiat currency. Uh, Now it includes cryptocurrency, which is a misnomer in itself in finance, but it's still a very active and very engaged and very exciting market. Then you have contracts for difference. I could just start naming off – all the markets that we now have access to because of technology. Uh, Brother William Agnew uh, came on a show, I think it was last week's show, that was talking about how, you know, the best of Mental Dialogue 2021, Mm -hmm. he was talking about Mm -hmm. how technology, you know, cheapens things, how it makes, you know, access possible Mm -hmm. because you can get access to things. I mean, the way I came into trading was literally sitting behind a desk at home in my apartment, sometimes in my underwear, And I'm interacting with multi-billion, multi-trillion dollar markets just by clicking buttons on a computer. You fast forward that to now, you have people doing that on their mobile phones, which are more powerful than anything I had access to 10 years ago or the 10 years hence. But but all this access, there's a reason to it. There's something behind it that as you've been in the game a long time, you realize that finance itself is – Again, the the hallmark of capitalism. And I've told you before, money sort of chases its own tail. Once it finds stuff to devour, it will devour itself if it doesn't find anything else. And so I'm telling you, there's a ton of money out here, but most of the people that come in, professionals or not, lose money. And nobody wants to talk because you want to talk about the relationship. Everybody. Wants to talk about their wins, right? Yep. You don't. You won't find a, an account online. You won't find a YouTuber, somebody on Instagram, talking about, "Hey man, guess what? I lost a ton of money today. I blew up my account." You won't find that. You're gonna find them holding up money, standing in front of rented cars, rented houses, putting mm-hmm. on this persona that feeds to our basic instinct, when really that's just setting a trap. I mean, everybody goes to it, but 95% of traders, and this goes to the distinction between trading and investing, 95% of traders at almost any given uh, measured period of time lose money. If you look at my trading on a week-to-week basis, I lose a lot of money to wonder how in the world does he stay engaged in a money-making market? I am a fund manager. I am licensed to, to make money for clients. How does I do that? If losses are a part of the game, well, for one, we diagnose as traders the heck out of those losses. Trading, that's why I say, is more of a job than anything. I think more people could and should be investors, given that, like Ashley said, they have the capital to put forth to do it. Investing, investing, is more of your money is working for you which is so important. The distinction is, and that's why I said it early on, I felt like trading was a calling. Investing was more of a lifestyle. Once you learn the lifestyle of letting your money work for you, we're all about this old entrepreneurship, old side hustle, old generational wealth. There is hardly a finer avenue than investing when you're properly capitalized, when you're learning, when you're in the mindset of learning, Then investing, I just read a story the other day. Warren Buffett has invested, and this wasn't a long time ago. He just put about a 5% stake in Apple, worth about $36 billion. Today, that stake is worth more than $120 billion. Warren Buffett is considered one of the greatest investors of our time. He is and isn't, depending on how you look at it, but what he gets right, is he knows how to make the money work for itself, and that is core of investing, whereas in trading, you're really still working for the money. And I'll pause there.
0: No, love it. That distinction is so necessary, so necessary that that distinction is made. Um, Again, as you continue to highlight more access for all of us, and one other thing that you said, I want you to touch on this before we go to our next break, um, and this is from actually one of your commercials where you talk about the concept of, of risk, right? So. Um, <laughs> Give me a. yeah, man. Yeah, ultimately um, as the mental dialogue community club for who, those who don't know, we are more than just a show. This is our, this is our meeting place every Saturday to talk, but we have a full out club basically where I say club is ultimately a nationwide na- virtual neighborhood where we, you know, trade ideas, goods, and services. So this is just a, a, a way to communicate and do that. But I highlight that to simply say that I love what you say about the word risk on your commercial. So you can kind of bring that to the table before we go to our next um, commercial, uh, how how you, as you mentioned, Warren Buffett, what he says risk was. I thought that was kind of telling, and I wanted people to hear that. So go ahead, Mike.
2: Yeah. You know, again, bringing up Buffett again, I mean, he and he's a good one to kind of, uh, used as an example because he's ubiquitous in the last 60 or 70 years, but risk, as quoted by Buffett, is simply not knowing what you're doing. And to a greater extent, I would add to that, is not knowing that you don't know what you're doing. Because, again, mm-hmm. that kind of highlights what Ashley was talking about, right, where you have these people who are paralyzed. And I actually, believe it or not, I trade in very highly risky, highly lo- losing markets every day, every week. But I came from the camp of paralyzed because where I come from, that money, you had to hold tight to it. You gave it away only because uh, – only when you had to because you never knew when you get get it again. Right. right. But risk is not knowing what you're doing and not knowing uh, – Of the other side of that is, you know, the cats that are like YOLO, you know – you know, I'm gonna go make it happen. You know, I've swung to that side on occasion too, but the risks in the markets are the things you simply can't see. You can't predict any of it. And I don't, um, I don't talk to people that when they start talking about they predict in the market. Whenever I'm talking to my students, when I'm talking to my traders, my team, we don't use the word prediction because humans, and this gets into the technicals of it the way the human brain's made, the way we are. If you just study history, which I'll please let me come back to that. That's major yes. key to all of this.
5: Definitely will. If you
2: study humans, you understand we can't predict
0: anything.
5: But we try. <laughs> if, not,
0: if nothing more than that, <laughs> that's the i thing we need to understand. If you don't hear nothing else today, hear yeah. that. Whether you're an answer <laughs> or say, we cannot predict anything. So I'd like. I like that. We're going to go ahead and go to another break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think.
5: Where they're pulling in about $2.5 million a year just on subscription fees. They don't have to trade at all. They're making a couple million a year promising you the keys to the kingdom. Just, just think about it from a logical perspective And the same thing I say this And Ashley, I don't mean this directed at you Please don't take the insult When people say I have a money guy The first thing you should ask your money guy Is can I see your tax return Because if you're making more money than your money guy You probably shouldn't trust him with your money Right It's the same scenario Everything looks sexy, everything was wonderful. Everybody listen, I had a dream. I grew up on welfare and food stamps and government cheese. But, but nobody taught me my dream, right I mean, it's the same situation. In any, in any industry, like when you're in the mall, somebody runs up to you and says, "Oh my God, your kid's so beautiful. should be a model," and they sell you the photography package. I mean, all these things are the same adjunct as the cottage industry of stock trading. And Michael was right. You get lucky once? It's just like going to a casino, man. You know, my father used to tell me, first time you gamble is for fun, every time after that's for revenge. All it takes is one lucky win, and you're hooked on trading. I don't know if you saw it last year, Michael. Somebody got buried in a short and put up a GoFundMe, right? Because he owed E-Trade like like $330,000, right? And he's like... They're going to take my house. And everybody's like, fuck you. I'm taking Exactly. Right. So if you're, if you're not going to do this with an education, like I said, your wife's a doctor. My wife's a doctor. Right. Did they go so, to med school? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not like they woke up and said, I'm a doctor. Right. So you can't wake up and say, I'm going to trade stock. You know, this took me, Christ, 30 years to figure it out. Maybe two, three million in losses along the way. Um, yeah, easy. But I figured it out, you know. And my traders, you know, they were taught from the bottom up, and they have very, very strict discipline in which you have to follow a science. But you know, this whole—I'm afraid that this GameStop thing <coughs> is going to have people rushing back into the market with their stimulus checks and their 401ks and their kids' life savings, and their college funds. And it's going to burn everybody. That's the problem when you've got this kind of hype of, you can do it too. And you know, I'm not convinced about this
0: Keith Gilga. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas and special guest Michael Sutler. As you just heard a cut from our number one show, Michael, I don't know if I even told you that. That was our number one most listened to show last year, uh, the GameStop. Wow. Um, I forgot the exact title. I think it was GameStop, um, who won the have or have nots. But that was the amazing Jack Ponte. Uh, for yep. those who probably don't know, Michael kind of had to kind of hit me. But a uh, longtime music industry uh, producer, manager,
5: yeah.
0: um, sold 150 million records, who, you know, I didn't realize that until you shared it. And, of course, I loved all the acts that he used to work with at the time or whatever. Bet um, definitely cut his teeth with John Bun Jovi, just to mention that as, a, as an aside. But he spent the last 20, 25 years uh, making his money being a trader and a high-level trader at that. So that was an amazing show when I had you both on. Um, But he talked about the education piece because he was afraid that the pandemic and the access because of the phones would just get people in. And in that show, y'all were talking about just basically eating those people up. But it's the education piece, which, again, let's properly introduce Blacks Academy because you've decided for all the people out there pushing the, you know, the tricks of the trade. um, Let me highlight this from that cut as well. Just to make sure people caught that when he was talking about, you know, somebody walking up to you saying, oh, your child should be a model, and then selling you a package. And his whole point was that's exactly what a lot of these people are doing that are pushing. I can teach you to make $1,000 a day. I'm making all this money, and people are falling in line trying to learn from these people who are actually making their money from you buying their course. They're not even making the money from trading. That's a big distinction. You've stayed away from that game and now are ready to educate with Blacks Academy. So I think it's a perfect segue to talk about that, brother. Well, I,
2: I would definitely say that, you know, I ended up with a chip on my shoulder during the pandemic. I've always had kind of a penchant, and I, again, I learned this from my friends. This, You'll hear me bring up my friends, my my community Uh, my support, my foundation, because part of the learning that you have to do, like Ashley noted, is with yourself. Who are you, right? There's no guru. There's no guru on, on the trading circuit that I've seen that talks intently about the psychological processes that you have to engage to even begin the journey. Of understanding your relationship with money, understanding your relationship with self. But again, Jack's had a ton of years, and I can hear you know, again, I love that conversation because I could hear it in everything he said. He knows who he is, he knows who he's not. And part of that journey is having success, of course, in the music industry. But when you turn to something like trading, when you turn to financial markets. It's not about the 10 K reports. It's not about the earnings. It's not about the new products. It's not about everything you've been taught. It is, it's about you. And Blacks Academy was started really again by some friends saying, Hey, you can really do this because they saw, um, I did some internship programs, um, well hosted some internship programs at a local university here in Huntsville, Alabama A&M university. And the outpouring I got from the kids coming to learn, coming to soak up, you know what they figured to be knowledge, was really bilateral. I learned so much from them by what the keys they were looking for. And a lot of it was they were willing – a lot of people are willing to put in the work, but you're fighting that instinct to get something for nothing. And this industry, like I told you, knows you better than you know yourself. It's just like finance. is just like marketing. is just like anything else. It studies you. Why don't we study ourselves? And so at Blacks Academy, of course, we're talking about the whole, you know, let's do wealth building, let's do generational wealth, but we're doing it from a perspective of I'm going to show my part in Blacks Academy is to show foundational knowledge to let you know what these markets are, what these markets aren't, in truth. And it's – my part, as you can tell, is going to be somewhat academic but there's also a wisdom of doing that the people that have jumped out to the market, they know, you know, something by experience. Experience is the best teacher. What we do is we combine the experiences with the academics of saying, Hey, you're out there, but if I can show you where I bumped my head a thousand times, show you, you don't have to bump your head once. And what that does is that saves you time. That saves you money. And it builds your confidence, not based off of some fake bravado or some trade you were lucky on, or some investment that you think you got right. Instead of it actually being some intersection of you were at the right place at the right time. There's a difference. But we teach people how to recognize and how to build themselves in this process, and it's really about self improvement. That, that one percent or that thousand dollars a day that you're trying to get in the markets. If you improve yourself, you get more than a thousand. The money becomes immaterial. It's just really learning how do I begin and how do I continue that process because how you begin is not how you continue.
0: Ashley, again, making money matters CEO if you will, mental health where money mental health and money meets. As you listen to him break down, hey, here's my education class and here's what's here's my premise behind it on um, what pops in your mind or what questions do you have because again I know you are absolutely c- concerned with self again that's why you are a queens of intellect member you are so into people being in tune with who they are and that relationship with money you when I first met you you said I don't want to just teach people the nuts and bolts of money because that ain't that ain't enough And so when you hear this brother say, Hey, I'm putting together my academy, I'm stepping in the education game. Here's my premise. What are your thoughts, Queen?
3: Um, I I mean it's just it's just really inspiring to hear, right? Because I think that people think that when it comes to investing in money, like there's something new out there. And and most of the concepts, most of the things that you hear about money are the same. And so I wonder when you are working with your students and you are educating them um what what is like the first concept that you feel like they have to master, or what is one concept that you really want them to understand as they are getting into investing or trading or trying to make the determination whether they should do investing or trading like what what is the one concept that they really need to understand? before they decide, like, I I definitely think I'm a trader or I'm really about the investing lifestyle.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, again, I've said it before, it's knowing thyself. One of the things that we do is we actually give them, and I know people have different opinions. I have a really close friend that absolutely hates the Myers-Briggs personality test. I understand yeah. again where he comes from, but we use those tests not necessarily say exactly this is who you are, but it's to give people some guide rails to understanding. This may be how you process the world, because a lot of times when it comes to investing or trading, again, how you respond. You know, they always say it's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to it. That yeah. has so much, and so our biggest thing is really cultivating of the person saying, hey. You're in this whether you're investing or trading because I will tell people it's easier to get into investing than it is trading. Trading is about that work. If you come to me saying I want to be a trader, you better be about the life of work because I attribute that more to a profession like professional athlete. The level of work that you need to be to be a trader is not quite there, but it's close. And so the first lesson is to really slow down, forget about You know, I heard this because I can't tell you how many students come in and they're like, oh, you know, I made this trade and I did this. I don't care. I don't care. And hopefully in a few months you won't either. You know, it's more Mm -hmm. about let's see about how do you feel? Why are you here in the first place? Because, as you know, a lot of people want to come make money. They don't even know why they want the money.
5: Right.
2: Which is, again, I've advised clients. These are clients that have hundreds, sometimes millions of dollars. You know, these are well-off people. When I dig down with them in the client meetings, a lot of times they don't even have well thought out, well, what are you going to do next? What is this money used for? Some do. But even people with lots of money have these sticking points. They don't have their why. And what's happening is they're not really connected to the who they are. And I know that sounds like. Why would that be, you know, why would that be important to all of this? But I can tell you, if you're going to survive, and that's kind of like the next lesson, right. is survive, learn how to survive until you thrive. We say that a lot. Surviving the markets is really what you're doing because there's always something new, always something, and it's not really new as to your point. It's always something better, faster, smarter. Right. It's coming to take you out, you know. But
5: surviving—that's
2: why we bring up people like Buffett, uh, Stanley Druckenmiller, Soros. Like you can just start naming these names, and unfortunately, not a lot of them look like us. That's another point as to why starting blacks was important too. But really, getting the connect to why you're doing it is so important because that really shapes everything else. And most people don't know that they don't know it.
3: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's true with everything. You know, even when you talk about, like, just trying to get a budget together or when you're talking about wanting to change your body, it's your why that's going to sustain you as you're doing these things because it's the ultimate thing that you're working towards. And if your why is just because someone gave me a recommendation, that's not (laughs) enough. You have to have some skin in the game something that you're investing into this that's going to, like, keep pushing you on to the next level. And I agree, like, a lot of people don't have enough why. And then when you counter that a little bit with some of the shame that comes with, well, I don't understand these concepts or I don't know these concepts, it just creates a real bad recipe when you talk about investing something as important as money, right? When you look at where we are right now, inflation is pretty high. Um, Mm -hmm. Student loans just just went back on pause, and the housing market, we have no idea what it's going to do. Labor shortages, supply shortages are getting very critical. And so, you know, when you talk about these types of equations that are forming and, like, what that could mean for our economy if some of these things don't get worked out, you have to have your why as an ironclad thing so that when whatever correction is coming –
5: Yes. You don't
3: just throw up your hands and decide to walk away because there's always going to be corrections. There's always going to be losses, and your why has to be bigger than all of those things.
0: Okay. No, I love it. We, hope, well, we had a break. Um, Donald, I see you out there. Listen to King, if you will. For all of the listeners out there, if you want to get in or have any questions, please press one. Hope y'all can hear me very clearly. Um, Donald, I know you're out there listening, only got a few more minutes, but I definitely would love to have you come in after this break, if you will. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on. Elfram Abdullah not only is he honest and straightforward but he has a proven repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice what's Elfram's secret his virtual on the spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market for a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by eXp Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is
2: 770-800-7922. Well, this is a market that I now believe that I can buy. And of course, you can see the price goes up for me. In addition to this, what I like to do, and if you looked at our Foundations of Trading course, you'll understand that support and resistance can be shown objectively by using Fibonacci retracements. And you don't necessarily have to be very familiar with these things, but we would encourage you to look at the course and look at some of our other material to show you how to correctly draw and analyze Fibonacci zones. They can show you where support is that will coincide with these candlestick patterns to give you an even better advantage. Let me show you. Looking simply at the range of where the market hit the low in reverse, and we can see that. That's easy to see. This low over here is where the market went up. Just use your eyes and goes up to the other erroneous hammer pattern at the top. We would use this as a basis to draw simple retracement from this low to this high and understand that this 61.8 is arguably the most important part of the Fibonacci sequence and using them in Fibonacci retracements and projections and other tools. 61.8 is a very important number right here. You can see the 61.8 line, just like the other lines. Denote areas of support. As the market goes up and starts to move back down, you can see that once we hit this 61.8% level, this is a flat line, it's just a price. This price is roughly 150.09 in NVIDIA. We start to see hammers form. This is beautiful confirmation. This is how you use two types of tools. Both of them fairly basic, but together you get the advancement, you get advanced tool together that says, hey, I'm using two types of technical analysis to understand better where the market is. So once you see your candlestick pattern hits that Fibonacci level, that gives you a little bit more confidence that this is a level that you can buy with a higher probability chance that the market is going to continue to go up. That's simply how you use candlesticks.
0: Welcome back to the Mythical Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co host Ashley Thomas. Our special guest is Michael Sutler, Chief Investment Officer for SC Capital Management. This morning's discussion question What is the difference between trading and investing? As we hear Michael breaking down what I guess what I understand is known as technical analysis. I don't know what any of that means, brother, because uh, I definitely choose. <laughs> to be on the investment, let my money work for myself you know side of things because I don't want to put in all the work uh, you know I would love to even hear the stories of how you in a sense balanced even from the very beginning engineering, finding that you love trading and how you even balance all the work to get to the level of knowledge uh, that you understand. I would love to even hear that and then afterwards i'm going to i'm gonna bring brother Donald Aison on uh, hopefully he's okay with that um, brother long time investor and trader and i learned some things from him as well i've even taken some of his recommendations um personally on my again on my investor side of things if you will um but yeah brother um again you say it's a lot of work so for anybody out there listening wanting to be a trader said you got to put in the work what did it look like for you as you transition from an engineer to a full-time trader again just you know just going way back if you can even recall those times oh you know
2: it's hard to recall the feelings of euphoria and excitement like those days it's really hard to even reach back and get but i can tell you that part of you know my journey started out simply because at my great it was a high-paying job uh really technical ish but i was bored out of my mind right and me when i'm bored i don't perform very well um I look for things to do, look for things to get into, but part of my observation too in being in this world of engineering was being around people who, you know, we've had the same degree, but we definitely didn't have the same backgrounds, and we didn't have the same proclivities, and we didn't have the same relationships with money. And I looked at my salary, which again, you know, I made six figures as an engineer, but I looked at how the other engineers lived outside for some of their questionable, you know, Fashionable fashion ideas, you know, engineers are not really known for fashion uh, <laughs> in, in a very generalized terms. But these guys had um, second secondary houses, right? They didn't really go out to eat that much. And when they did, it was very minimal, minimal compared to what they could have done. Uh, you know, I, I spent some of my money when, when I go out to lunch, you know, I, I would really go out to lunch sometimes. But when I looked at their lifestyle, I saw something that wasn't adding up to me, right? And so a lot of that was I didn't realize that this was the generational wealth that had been skipped. You know, I was like, hey, we're working at the same job, but we don't live the same life, right? Noticing that, I was looking for quite simply a come-up. Yes, I was making a lot of money, but I realized I could have made a lot more. In steps trading as something – that, again, was very formidable, but that I love a good challenge. Love a good challenge. Didn't know a thing about it. Didn't know anybody hardly that knew anything about it. But, again, have some friends that said, hey, I got in and made X amount of dollars. So the you asked about that transition. It was a natural progression for me, being curious, being bored, but also being a very motivated and ambitious hey, person. let me, let me jump in real so quick. I'm
0: sorry to interrupt you, but I'm going to do that take no, advantage of this brother um, who has vast knowledge in this area. And so I'm going to put a pin in that story and come back to it, if we will, sure. just so I can take advantage of it, having this brother's time. Hey, Don, are you cool with being live on the air, brother? I know you just kind of tuned in. Uh, But I just wanted to, if you don't mind, brother, um, um, before we even get into Mike's personal story, his personal transition, there's a lot been said. You've been in this game for a long time, so thank you for even making yourself available. Um, Tell me what you've heard, if you like, or if there's anything that you would even want to ask about Michael's Blacks Academy, again, being a longtime investor who also teaches people in a sense the correct way to know themselves and get into this investment game. Um, just any thoughts from you, King, before I have to let you go? I know you got to go, so I wanted to jump you in real quick. Donald, are you available? Uh, he might not even be available. I know he was on the line, so I was hoping be able to get his thoughts in. Sorry about that, brother. Um, again, just wanted to try to bring you in if I could. Anybody out there listening? All you have to do is press one. You can get in on this conversation. Go go ahead and finish down that path. And Mike, I really wanted to highlight your the work transition more so than your why. I wanted to talk about how you were able to balance work and the work of learning the game of trading because you said so much work. So I know it ended up becoming like two jobs. From what I understand, yep. when initially making the transition, so I wanted to hear about the work part more so than your why. If that makes sense,
2: two and a half or three jobs, really. I mean, it, it was kind of one of those cliche things where, if you, it's simple though. After hours, and of course on the job too, I would find any time I could to steal time to read. You know, I hear people say research, do your research. I, I, don't 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 come at me with that. Like, if you're not spending hours away from your screens, away from your phones. I've probably read something north of 250 books. And I'm not talking about rich dad, poor dad stuff. I'm talking about um, macroeconomic thesis and things. I pick up books and read and go through them and then go try to practice because that comes from like – it's really a simple thing. transition from engineering. You're really trying to figure stuff out. You're tinkering. So there was a lot of tinkering after hours. As soon as I got home from work, you know, eat, work out, whatever, I'm on the books. And I learned how to place trades. And that's why I don't like the term day trader because that's again, it's it's too generic. And that's definitely not what I do. But and that's definitely not how I transition from, you know, engineering job to doing this for full time. But I learned how to place trades that work for me. Almost like small investments, but on a much shorter time frame that had this is important a known risk, I knew how much risk I was taking on that trade, and I had an expectation of what to get out of those trades. It was very mathematical. So I knew the calculations. I knew the probability. I would take those trades, and they would work during the day, and either I was wrong and I lose lose a little money, or I was right and I would hopefully gain more money than I lost. Rinse and repeat and improving on that process just like a quarterback, just like Steph Curry with his, with his jumper. That's how you improve. That's how you exit. You how many
0: better. hours? Were you, how <laughs> when you home? Do your day job? How many hours were you spending before you would even say, "I'm going to select this"? Like, how long would you study before you select to even make a trade? What what type of time frame were you putting in? What Kind of work were you putting in?
2: You know, when I when I finally got my my feet under me and got my butt kicked a, a couple of times, I realized I needed even more study. So, anywhere from two to three hours, really. And now it's a lot faster process because I have an entire team, but, yeah, two, three hours before I even touch anything.
0: And And I'm only in front of the
2: screen a second.
0: Yeah, of course. But I'm highlighting that because we have day traders that have phones in their hands. They have not read 250 books in the in the right. industry, I know, of course, that's over the course of years, right? I understand that's, a that's course, over course, years, yeah, course, yeah, yeah. But I'm just, but in the beginning, I bet you were reading well, much more than you're even reading now because you were trying to learn mm-hmm. you, felt, you, you felt that this was your, your calling. And so, there are people right now who probably did very little study that are now selling a course. Like, that's a reality. oh, absolutely, I, I know some, <laughs> I know some people doing that exact thing. <laughs> So we got about a minute and a half, Ashley, just your thoughts on even hearing the work before, again, not only did he put in that work to learn it for himself, but we're 17 years later before he starts to teach, so we got about a minute before we go to the break, and if you will, just highlight just that thought, because again, that's what you worry about, people just throwing their money out there with one, without knowing who they are, And listening to new people in this. This brother, seventeen years in, just now wanting to teach. So we got about a minute before we go to break. When we go to break, we'll come back with the callers that are out there as well. Go ahead, Queen.
3: Yeah, I I just think that people, when it when it comes to finance and trading, like you have to be honest and you have to know how much time you can dedicate to this, and you have to be honest about like if you want to do this as a more technical. Um, studious approach, right? Are you actually going to learn these concepts and devote the time to it, right? Because as Michael pointed out, it's not something like there's a difference between actually knowing what you're doing and being at the right place at the right time and investing into something. I, I have that going on in my portfolio. I invested in something I got in at less than $2, and now it's at $60, which is phenomenal. But when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, well, this looks fantastic. Let me just go ahead and give it a try. And so you have to be honest with yourself about am I going to devote the time to this? Because what works in one area, what Michael is talking about worked for him, might not work for you. And I think that a lot of people get stuck in this one-size-fits-all one, one size fits all concept when it yes, comes to podcasting. Yes. And that's not the case, right? And it's called personal finance, whether that's investing, that's budgeting, that's savings, because it is individual to you. You cannot take what Michael did and replicate it for yourself because of your experiences, because of your traumas and the things, how you process information is not going to be the same. And I think when you can keep that in mind as you're learning these concepts and applying these methodologies, You can actually go a lot further, like Michael mentioned, like, hey, I I got stuck here, and I'm teaching you this so that you don't get stuck here. But it doesn't mean the exact same way that Michael did this, devoting hours at the end of his day is going to be what works for you. You might actually have to sign up and take a class, or you might have to do something else. You might not be able to do this on your own. So don't get stuck in the, I can do it because you did it. You really need to focus on, I need to learn these concepts and learn them in a way that makes sense to me so that I can apply what I'm learning to what I want to do.
0: Big makes sense. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Remember that VV around me. that VF around me. My mind elevating, don't get my vibration. I'm not in the same place you found me. Look at my dribbling, I'm drowning. They say I'm it, how I'm clowning. Penny wide when I'm counting. Entry gonna keep on compound Please on the B they compound. If I did the B they be bouncing. I'm telling you twice, come holler at me now, cause I'm not gonna be cheap when you find me. I got on my knees and I tightened my belt. I
1: needed the game and I got it myself. I hollered at my partners, I got me some help. We split up the profits and bet on ourselves.
5: You ain't one of us. You ain't one
6: of us. You're accustomed to keeping things in the fog in general you're going to keep yourself in the fog with regards to your investments. Because in some sense, everything you do is an investment. Right, I mean, some of it's quantified in monetary terms, but you're always investing in one manner or another. And so I think if your character has been disrupted by your persistent attempts to deceive yourself about the nature of reality, you're gonna be a financial train wreck. And I mean, I've certainly seen that in my clinical practice, I've seen people burn through amounts of money that you wouldn't think someone could burn through in that short a period of time because of self-deceptive blindness. If you have a high IQ and you're conscientious, which is another trait, then you're more likely to be financial, financially successful, say by the time you're in middle age. And so that looks like a temperamental, two temperamental traits whose presence enables you to beat randomness over time. So those those traits work very well in this society at that, this time, but you can also argue that that's also a matter of chance, because There wouldn't be unconscientious people if at some point in the past, unconscientiousness hadn't aided their survival. So what constitutes beating a system depends on the parameters that you put around the system. And, you know, you can think the same thing about, well, look at how successful he is. Okay, you mean financially. All right, so then, well, how's his health? How's his marriage? How are his relationships with his children? What price did he pay for his wealth? You know, like, as you as you add <laughs> dimensions of evaluation, whether that particular person won or lost might not be so self-evident. Well, they gamble partly because it's fun. You know, like, and I mean that technically. Most of the neurochemicals that your brain produces that are associated with the kind of pleasure that people really like, which is, like, for example, the kind of pleasure that drugs like cocaine produce, are produced by um, risky, high, risky behavior that has the potential for high return. We like that sort of thing. And people are wired so that they're more responsive to the probability of something good happening than even to the good thing. So, for example, we know that if people win the lottery up a year later, they're about the same as they were. No better, no worse. So, actually winning all that money has a limited long-term impact on their happiness. That's probably more determined by their trait temperament. But the lead up to the good event, that's the exciting part. It might happen. It might happen. That's excitement. And that's produced by, like gambling will produce that, especially for some people, because some people are really susceptible to that kind of reward. Everyone's susceptible to it to some degree, and that can be manipulated. And that's what uh, slot machines do.
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, and personal finance coach Ashley Thomas. Our special guest is Chief Investment Officer, SC Capital Management, Michael Sutler. Thank you, King, for being with us for this morning's discussion. Question, what is this? What is the difference between trading and investing? As we hear a cut from Jordan Peterson, breaking it down, a lot of the psychology. Again, both of you are very concerned with how people see themselves. If I can have you uh, just give a thought real quick on that cut, Michael, before I go to the um, callers. And the aspect is the very end of it for me where he's just pointing out how, in a sense, people can be manipulated. And I love highlighting um, and, and for people who've known what we've done inside the Mitchellville um, Law Neighborhood, if you will, a community club for years is I pride myself in bringing vetted people. And so what I love about Blacks Academy when I go look at your marketing, I don't see the manipulation that Peterson talked about at the end. Knowing that people are wired a certain way, and you're highlighting, hey, here's your chance, here's your chance to get with, you make a thousand dollars a day. I don't see that type of marketing. So I really appreciate that you're not. On that type of manipulation to say, hey, I got a lot of years in. I want to teach you the foundation. And as Ashley said, copying me is not what I'm trying to teach you. But I am trying to give you the technical analysis, especially for those who do delve off into trading. And again, you are teaching trading and investing as two different things. So, again, I know I said a lot there, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts in reference to the cut, and then we're going to just bang out the callers, because i got at least three that are waiting to get in. Now, that cut cut is one that I wish, you know, you
2: could just play over again because it highlights everything that I want to espouse to people at Blacks Academy. And, you know, again, I say I'm a trader. Blacks Academy is sort of a bet for me in a sense. I know what works. In terms of leaning, you know, human psychology towards making us go, hey, buy this thing or do this thing or impulse response to this thing. My co-founder, she's got years in the game in marketing; she knows it to to a lethal extent. But my Mm -hmm. bet is here, and I've always been a kind of a contrarian. When everybody goes right, I I, I tend to naturally go left. I'm hoping that in this age of misinformation and acute manipulation of, you know basically emotions, I'm hoping that a play on honesty will grab the type of people mm-hmm. that I want, because that's more important to me. And granted, this is a product for service. It is a business. We are running the business to make money, but the overarching thing, and this points back to what Jack was talking about, is that Blacks is not my money maker. It's not going to make me. It's not going to break me, but I tell you what will. In 10 years, if we don't have enough self-actualized people who understand at a skill level of what they're doing in not just the financial markets but in America in general, but especially mm-hmm. in the financial markets, game's over. So blacks to me is personal, is very personal, but like I said, it's a calculated bet. I'm hoping that we attract the right energy who want to learn who really want want and can take and use the truth in a way that we did, but hopefully in a way better. I'm hoping to make the next students like my other students better than I am. I have some traders now on Wall Street. I have some traders at hedge funds. They're better than me. I want to be able to continue to make that
0: so. I love it. Let's go to these callers. Area code nine one nine, last three four seven five. Give us your name where you're calling from and your three cents or question on this morning's discussion question.
1: Good morning. <clears throat> My name is Chris, and I'm calling from McDonough, Georgia. And it's very enlightening and, and good to hear the the conversation here. And I agree, people are very emotional. And a lot of the times people get pumped up about something that one of their friends bought but and made money on. But something people have to be careful of and be aware of is, a lot of these things are pump and dumps where people pump up the stock, drive the price up, make a they make a good profit, but then they sell and the price drops so the people who bought in at the end who were driving the price up end up losing so your your point about not being not investing in anything that you can't afford to lose is something people really, really, really need to understand and take to heart so this is a great conversation, and I'm glad it's being
0: had. No, thank you very much, Chris. Um, Ashley, I want to hear your thoughts, and then, Michael, I'm going to have you give a thought in reference to something I recall from the GameStop conversation, but um, Ashley, if you, uh, what's your response to Chris? Thank you for the call as well, Chris. Thank you for um, listening as well.
3: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, these are the types of conversations that we have to have where people can better understand how all of this works, right? Like, I don't want people to think that having emotions or having emotional reactions about their money means that they're doing something wrong. It's right. natural. You should be yeah. having reactions about your money, right? <laughs> like, that should not not be happening. Um, <laughs> but when you understand that, like, you don't have control over everything, there are different types of risk. There's market risk. There's inflation risk, right? there's all of these other types of risks out there. It is okay, but that's why you have to get the knowledge that's why you have to get the understanding so that you can be strategic in this so that when this is happening right because this is a trigger, money is a trigger and and when the market goes down, you're going to be triggered to i need to I might need to go ahead and like get out of this position so i don't but You have to understand what's happening, and, like, you can't beat the market, so to say, right? Like, you you could probably get some returns that are higher depending on, you know, what you invest in or whatever, but in terms of just knowing everything and not having an emotional reaction, that's not going to happen. But when you understand what's happening, when you understand that, Downturns in the market can be fantastic opportunities to acquire things at a discounted price because that, that's how people look at it in finance, like it's a sale. You know, where everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, my portfolio is going down." Oh, where you were buying Apple for a hundred and fifty dollars a share and now it's ninety nine. Yes, the shares in your account might not be doing well, but you just picked up a fantastic opportunity to get Apple on sale. When you have the ability to look at things differently, like Michael mentioned. It is your reaction to these things, right? Losses are still going to happen. Can you change how you're going to react to those losses so that you aren't doing more harm to yourself and your portfolio? You know, emotions are supposed to be there.
0: You just no, have to be
3: strategic exactly. and know how to no, manage
0: So here's where I heard the, the caller, Michael. I wanted to talk specifically, I thought it was a great concept that um, Chris brings to the table the pump and dump. I remember you and Jack. Mentioning, mm-hmm. I don't remember that terms, but a lot of the retail investors that are coming in on their phones are a certain level of investors, and and Jack was talking about even during GameStop how the whatever level or B level something B level investors or something were driving mm-hmm. it, kind of like what Chris brought to the table. So I would just like for you to just quickly. Talk about that in the difference in those type of investors because, again, if you, if you get into this game, you don't even know that that exists to a degree.
2: So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a, a slight turn to split hairs here again because we're using the term investor okay. almost too interchangeably because, again, yeah, okay. it's something that you can latch on to. But when you're talking about pump and dump, when you're talking about GameStop, AMC, all of the mean stocks that came about as of the coronavirus and more retail investors entered the market, really talking about is the gray area I distinguish between trading and investing in this gray area that's speculation to speculate Mm. is to wildly guess on what's going to happen in the future and I will tell you there is nothing wrong with speculating if you know you're speculating and so an investor the guys that I know the ladies that I know that really invest They don't touch that stuff. That's not what's in their portfolios because as an investor, you understand one thing. Traders understand this to some degree as well, but a little bit more uh, cavalier about it. But investors understand this. I can and will possibly be wrong. Do I want to bet my future on me being right or wrong, or do I want to go to some type of security, some type of stock, or some type of investment that has proven itself over a track record longer than I've been here. Think about the stock mm-hmm. market, for for, for for an example. That's roughly $4,000 in the United States. Listen. we okay.
0: did get up to a break, brother, so let me keep, take care of my sponsors. All right. You, you can come out of the break with sure. that thought. All right. Sorry about that. We'll be right, right back. No, no, no. You're, You're good. good. You'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Elfram Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases, and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by eXp Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922.
7: ...myself, but... How many times have you taken a trade? Things are going according to plan, and I feel like it's more beginners that do this. I still make this mistake today from time to time. I'm human, right? No such thing as a perfect trader. But the mistake of my goal is to make $100. I'm up $95 on the trade. And although the stock might be indicating signs of a resistance level, meaning that it's struggling to continue to make higher highs, I am so obsessive about making and hitting that $100 milestone that guess what? I choose not to lock in profits, and I put my trade at risk. Think about this. To make from $95 to $100, it's a $5 difference, right? To make an additional $5, I am risking $95. How does that ever make sense? So the way that I responded to this is think about this. Make sure that the actions that you make today are something that align with your goal in the future, right? So if you're deciding and choosing To not lock in profits because of this made-up goal and figure that you have in your head, you're literally setting your future self up for failure. Because if you're losing, if you go from a green trade being up $95, it gets rejected. You don't lock in profits for those $5 that you were hoping to make to hit that $100, and then the stock pulls all the way back down, back to its support level. Now you're going, now you go from green to red. You just now wish you can lock in profit at the $95 when you simply could have done it when there was indication of a resistance level. And now you're just hoping that the stock recovers so you can get out in the green. And think about it. It could have been a very simple step that you would have taken of locking in profits when there was indication of a resistance level. Because why? The idea of locking in profits should not be based off of how much you're up or down on a position. But it should be based off of the stock's performance, and the price action. If I see that the direction is no longer in our favor and it's beginning to indicate signs of resistance level, that means that I have to do something about my position, either reduce position and or not be afraid to lock in profits, regardless of how much I'm up or down. And I know that at least in my... Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show.
0: I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with... Special guest co host Ashley Thompson, as well as our special guest Michael Sutler. This morning's discussion question What is the difference between trading and investing? Michael, we can go ahead and continue with the conversation um, as well, and then we'll get to Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis and, and another caller after him. Go ahead, King. Well,
2: one, one, I'm, I'm going to diverge just one second. You know, just to be fair, that last clip, that last clip was not investor problems, <laughs> the last clip was trader problems. I, I, I have to put a pin in that one. But, yeah, what he was talking about on that clip about, you know, being so far away from a made-up goal, no investor should ever be subjected to, oh, I think I should sell before the price drops. It's not investing. Right. But going back to that, what I was talking about, you have about 4,000 stocks in the U.S. stock market, right? You mean to tell me that you're – or me or anybody else is going to pick the absolute best ones when, again – Wall Street, everybody else, not on phones, with inside information, uh, even some of our senators and whatnot, (laughs) they're picking the best ones too. When in truth, about 160, maybe 200 stocks out of that 4,000 make about 90% of all the money created in the stock market. The rest of them are losers. So when it goes to investing versus speculating versus trading, if you're an investor, your job is to look for not necessarily the new and shiny. You're not always looking for that next Tesla or, you know, even some of Tesla's, you know, new up-and-coming rivals. The first thing in investing, if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to make my money work for me, think of it as a business. What type of employees do you want for your business? If you're putting your money towards it, do you want something that has a track record of being proven, or you want something that's new and shiny? It's easy. The majority of investment for especially new investors, but you'll you'll really get this once you get some season on you, should be in very tried and true what they call blue chips, or even better now, passive investing through indexes is one of the easiest. And there's no guarantees, but your probabilities of making money over the long term are much more guaranteed. If you look at the S&P 500 index, which is the best 500 stocks based on a market weight cap, Right. That index, if you can invest in that index, you get the best of the best year in and year out. When a stock is in the S&P 500 and is not performing, they move it out and put something else in. Your investment doesn't change. You're still going to make that percent that the S&P does, 8% on average, historically speaking, over the last 100-so years. That's the core of investing. I don't look at my investment portfolio except for the beginning of the year and midway of the year. I don't have time. I don't like
0: to, and it doesn't help me. No, I love that distinction. Let's go to Brother room here. He's been waiting for a while. We'll get to um, 602 after Brother Pianchi. All right, Brother Pianchi, you live in 3D with us. Thanks a lot for getting on, King. You
1: know, I remember when you only had commercials once a week. Now you got them every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got I got some support out there, brother Fiac I got some support. Individuals <laughs> y'all can support too. We'll tell you a little later how to keep intelligent radio on the app. But thanks for highlighting that, King. Go ahead.
1: So you say when we supported you monetarily, donating back two or three years ago, that investment is starting to pay off. What Michael was saying <laughs> and also the other guest is absolutely right. There's a difference between investors and traders. Investors is like an Anheuser Busch, a General Electric, a Western House. Michael, I remember when stock prices was in fractions. You remember those days, long time ago? I do. I do. I used to you teach talking about like in one eighth and one half. An option
2: trader.
1: Yeah, I've been an option trader for a long time, and I used to teach option trading, advanced strategies to common people, and it worked for some. It didn't work for many. Like, Traders is hard to come by because it takes so much in order to learn how to do it. And you can lose a lot of money. Hey, I remember yeah. when options first started, you could buy you could buy a call option, a $5 on $20 stock. But, you know, <laughs> as you talk about stocks. You don't lose money when you invest it until you sell that security. You can keep it. And if you know what to do, you can make your money back on it, or you can just let it ride. And hopefully it does usually go up. So yes, uh, it's very difficult to become a trader, a day trader. Right now, uh, Michael, the thing is with uh, artificial intelligence with robots. Robots mm-hmm. are doing a tremendous job when it comes to trading the Forex and now also Bitcoins. I see places where people are uh, earning as much as three percent a week, and some three percent a day. That's the rule of seventy-two. Montoya, do you know what the rule of seventy rule of seventy-two is? You take the interest rate that you're receiving, and you divide it into seventy-two, and that's the number of pay periods it takes to double your money. Mm-hmm. The banks pay you three percent a year. So at 3% a year, that means it's going to take you 24 years to double your money. But what if you can earn 3% a week? That means it takes 24 weeks to double your money. Mm-hmm. Now, one other point real quick. You ever wonder why come when you deposit money in your bank account, it won't show after 2.30, it won't show up until the next day? That's because the banks are trading your money, trying to get that 3% a day only giving you 3% a year. Michael, am I wrong or right? Uh, you're on it. You're spot on it. Thank you very much. Montoya, I hope you don't get down no less than one commercial every 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you, Brother Pia for supporting. You're always bringing amazing. Thank, you. Nah, thank you for supporting as well. All right, let's go to another column. Uh, we got... Um, for anybody else that's on the line, you do have to press 1 if you want to get on like Brother Pianchi and Chris did. Uh, area code 602-LAST-3882. Give us your name and where you're calling from and your three cents on this morning's discussion.
1: Greetings in the name of the Father, and the Holy Spirit. This is Pastor Don, CEO, I'm calling from sunny Mesa, Arizona. I have one very important question. I hear about the stocks and stock market, bitcoins. I'm very familiar with all that. How important is
0: the human element in this whole trading situation? Yeah, brother, I think we've been answering that for the the whole hour and 25 minutes. I don't know how long you're listening, but uh, I'll let Ashley go there first because that's her baby, like the human element when it comes to money. So the question is pretty broad here. How important is it when it comes to all of this? Your thoughts, Ashley?
3: It's 100% important because the human element is what makes it, everything that it is right because it's personal so it depends on what your why is it depends on how much money you have to invest it depends on what your goal is for that money when you want to achieve that goal um, it depends on how you feel about money if you have discretionary income like all of these things play into how you react and how you respond to things with your money And without knowing any of those things, without knowing what type of investor you are, right, because you can take a test. And uh, I think this is one thing we haven't really touched on where people will get into investments because someone has mentioned something, and you should understand what type of investor you are. Someone might recommend an aggressive investment, and you're actually a conservative investor. That's going to create a disaster for you because that investment is not in line with the type of investor you are. So it is essential. It is the ground that we're working off of for investing or finances, period, right? It all depends on how you are as a person, and knowing those things allows you to pivot and get into investments that are aligned with your time horizon, how long it takes you to to um, get to your financial goal. It plays into how you're going to emotionally respond to things. It plays into how you learn this information and apply it. It is essential that you understand yourself so that you can apply that to
0: investing. Now, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and if I could, um, Michael, uh, I think a good thing to talk about in reference to this question is you brought up the idea of speculation. For those who end up being, in a sense, who are that 5% of traders, because specifically to traders versus in investors, if you will, uh, they, to a degree, they're often playing off of human speculation because I've heard you talk about this, that things that actually control the market, for the most part, is the human element. And a lot of times, savvy, savvy traders, let me say it correctly, can take advantage of speculation in a way that, most people are unaware of because they're driven to move one way or the other, and his traders always are looking for ways to take advantage of speculation, the new shiny toy, or whatever that may be in investing. Go ahead, King.
1: So
2: I'm glad you brought this up because a trader – one of the distinctions I also make between a trader and what's not a trader is really simple in terms of function. I'll come up to somebody and ask them and say, hey, you know how to short? What have you shorted? And people are like what's a short? Automatically, I know they 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 don't really count as traders to me. They're speculators mm-hmm. to this. A trader is an opportunistic person. Or an opportunistic, like you know, the brother talked about those algorithms. We train ourselves to take advantage of situations. It's not just an opportunity to get in and buy something and hope it goes up in price. If you're doing that, you're probably investing or speculating. As a trader, like when the markets crash, you know, 08, uh two thousand eighteen, coronavirus in twenty twenty, our people were on that getting on the selling side. We were not afraid. We'd like the volatility, we'd like the fear because we know humans don't change. Markets get faster, they get more dense, get more people, get more, I guess you can say, uh the, the populations of the markets change because now you have human traders and you have algorithms, and also artificial intelligence, machine learning. But at the core of what makes trading trading or what makes the financial transactions, you're either going to be buying something, you're going to be selling something, or sitting on the sideline hoping and praying. We take advantage of that very simple uh, model. People are they're, – they're, they're greedy. and You heard it, fear and greed, you know, move the markets. Fear is a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Powerful,
0: powerful tool Yeah, people be peopling I, mean, I always get yeah, there from all a, from the time, and it doesn't change Musk, People be peopling Hey, great question, yeah, they, uh, what's your name, brother? I'm sorry, I missed your name I've been on your show
1: several times well, Pastor Don Jr., CEO I, I love your show because I get so educated I'm thankful that y'all are here on Saturdays
0: Hey, I'm glad to keep you listening. It's hard for, You're a little low, so it's hard for me to hear your name. I heard you say pastor, but I want to make sure I, I want to be yeah, If you've been calling Michelle, I want to make sure I'm calling your name because I, I like to know my regular callers. Pastor I just can't keep you Don, Don Jr. CEO. Don Jr. CEO. All right, glad to have you back on, okay. King. I, I'm just going to get your name at first. Oh, yeah, your phone's just a little low, but I de- I definitely caught you there. So thank you for calling in. We all forget another break. Anybody else that wants to get in, we got about a half an hour left with our special guest as well as Ashley. As we're breaking down, what is the difference between trading and investing? We'll be right back. Where all I ask is that you think.
3: Babe, hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that.
0: Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right?
3: Yes. And I love the message on it too You are the hustle, huh?
0: That's what the shirt says I am the hustle They embody the entrepreneurial spirit And what I like the most It's more than a brand It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work And expect to have the final things in life I also follow them on Instagram Check this post out
3: If you believe money is the root of all evil You're using it wrong?
0: Or how about this one Excuses made zero dollars an hour
3: I like those What's their IG?
0: At moneymotivation.co.
3: But do they have any ladies gear?
0: Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money.
2: For all the success stories that we see in traders, there are countless others, thousands, even millions of others, of unsuccessful people who were wiped out. Again, that money had to come from somewhere. These are the first questions that keep you in the game because, again, what trading is not, is not a game. Trading is a practice, is art and science in a way that if you do it correctly, you can make money. This course is designed to help you as a trader, as a young, burgeoning trader, or if you've had some experience and maybe some difficulties in trading, to understand the elements that are involved in what makes trading as hard and competitive and hopefully see some of the
0: success that you probably thought that you would have in the first place. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Ashley Thomas, special guest, Michael Stuntler. Michael, I can hear you in the background just to so let you know uh, whatever you might be doing. Um, but you just heard a commercial from his um, now open, Blacks Academy. Um, that commercial was commercials, particularly to trading, because Michael has been trying to make sure we have stayed very clear on the difference between trading and investing, and so um, I love that uh, uh, brother. Um, um, let me see if I got it right, um, Reverend Dunn, Junior CEO. I hope I said it correctly. Um, but the brother said he li- he likes listening because he gets educated on the show, and so. That's why you're in this game. You've kind of given your backdrop, your why, um, what you foresee it to be. Again, yes, you are for a profit, but it's not the jux, jux, you know, the, the crust of your money, I should say. And, and ultimately, you're wanting to educate people as well. So I think it's just a that that commercial is a good segue into the goals and what people, in a sense, how they will learn at Blacks Academy, and you, you know, might be a good time to talk about if someone is interested in learning from you, how they actually can take advantage of the classes. I don't know how your offerings are set up at this time. I know you had an opening offering. I don't know what your future holds, but if you can just kind of even explain that to somebody who may be interested or at least how they follow you as you continue to grow the academy. Right.
2: So that is a perfect segue into it. And uh, right now we're honoring the lifetime membership, It's a pre-sale ahead of our uh, launch of all our full coursework, uh, over 40 hours of – you're going to hear me talking about a lot of things. We also have a podcast and that sort of thing. But right now we're offering what we call lifetime memberships, which is full access to every course that exists now and into perpetuity into the future. It's an incredible offer, but what we're trying to do now is cultivate sort of a cohort of sorts that I want to focus on this this small but hopefully growing group to ensure that as they're learning from me and learning from our cadre, because it's not just going to be me. I'm going to have a lot of guest instructors that have been vetted that have come our way, have had success in the markets, not just somebody that you see. Uh, These people I I, I would bet on and have bet on in in, uh, the past and the present. They're going to come on. We're going to talk about different topics. Our coursework is generally speaking, it's our long-form courses, and then we have short-form courses. So short-form courses, you can go to YouTube, look for Blacks Academy, B-L-A-X-E Academy. We have an example of one of the short-form courses. They're not going to be any longer than 20 or 30 minutes. Most of them are going to be in 10-minute bite-sized pieces, but the long-form courses are going to be more academic, where it's up to 13, 14 hours of material on trading just to get started in our foundations course and about half of that in our foundations of investing. After that, we have specific courses on different markets like stocks, like options, Forex, crypto, all of those things are going to be broken out. And we also on a monthly basis, periodic basis, we're going to have what we call a study hall. I call it study hall where we're going to go live on a zoom or in our discord and take questions from this small cohort and build out. Once we start seeing what the cohort, how they respond to what we're doing. Once we get a good feel of this group and how they're growing with us, because we want people to not just come, try it out, and leave. We want you to be lifetimers. We want you to hang in this to actually educate yourself to a point to where not only can you do for yourselves, but you educate for others. But after this cohort is done, probably in the next, you know, a few months we're going to open up to a subscription-based service, and there's going to be a couple tiers to that. A lower, lower tier that's going to be, again, self-paced but still have, have some access and then a more uh, encompassing access as well. So uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, uh, also, Black again, Blacks Academy, and also on Facebook, we have a Blacks Academy page. And if you have any questions, hit us up on our website, blacks.academy, HTTPS, blacks.academy, or DM us on Instagram. We we can answer all the questions. We got it for you. Uh, come see what we're about.
0: B-L-A-X-E, Blacks yeah. Academy. Want to make that very clear. Also, just, you know, I look at it as continued learning, and I think it's an amazing offering, especially when I see people out here. You know, being honest, literally charging tens of thousands just to learn one aspect whereas you're giving people, let's like, say, that wants to take advantage of this lifetime membership, continued learning, because as you said, the markets have expanded, they've exploded, they're always changing. And so for anybody that's able to take advantage of it before you even get to the tier option, they're able to get lifetime access to all future learning as well for, you know, just for an amazing price. So I just want to highlight you and applaud you for that. Um, Ashley, as you hear again about this for the first time, any questions or anything that comes to your mind, um, you know, again, just, um, you know, yeah, I know this brother personally or whatever, and, and, you know, obviously that helps. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you've been a member of the club for a little over six months. And, I, you know, I think it's just another time where, you know, you are really coming to understand how much we vet those that we make available mm-hmm. to this neighborhood, to this community. That's what I take pride in, is that I don't bring the fly by night, somebody offering to make you some quick money, uh, you know, whatever that may be. I bring vetted people to the community. And so, um, you know, any questions that you might have, again, with your background, because I didn't bring you here to, to agree with Michael. I brought you here to just hear it as a finance person and ask any questions you might have. So go ahead, Queen.
3: Yeah. So I know you mentioned your videos on YouTube. You know, what? what would be one video you recommend that everyone check out to um, better understand how your company works and and also understanding investing. And then outside of your video, what is one book that you think that any investor uh, or trader, if, if there is one book that you think fits, you know, for both an investor or a trader, or if there's a recommendation you have um, just for an investor and a trader, what what would be one book that people need to start with, to kind of get their feet wet or start obtaining that knowledge to be making decisions that work best for them um, with investing or trading?
2: Well, I think in terms of YouTube, there's not a lot of content out there now, but there's a couple of videos out there just
0: – you can literally
2: – I would say if you want to see what we're about, click on any one of the short-form videos and see okay. if you like that style. But in terms of, you know, the investing side <laughs> – Come see our foundations of investing at Black's Academy. That course okay. I recommend for investors and traders it's going to simplify and really enlighten on why you should be investing and why you should be saving again. This harps on really like why you're so important right They need to come see you they need people need, our people need to come <laughs> see you so that they understand that you know. You, I've got a little money, and I'm throwing it at the market. That's gambling. You have yeah. to have the capital to make it work. And part of our struggle needs to be finding ways to get that capital. And when you do, like uh, I guess it was Jordan Peterson talking about the lottery, a lot of times lottery, you won't be on to the person who gets a windfall, who hits that lick and is not prepared for it they're oftentimes not going to be the same. They're going to be worse off than they were before.
5: Mm -hmm. They're
2: going to be worse off because they're going to have the leeches in their family, leeches in their community. They're not going to have to to know what do I do next. And we see it often, you know, when we're talking about entertainers and sports and people that have money, it's a people thing. It's not a black thing, not a white thing. It's a people thing to not know what to do with money. But uh, the next question that you asked, um, in terms of a book, uh, The Intelligent Investor is very old, um, written, you know, again, Warren Buffett's mentor, Benjamin O. Graham. It's probably the most comprehensive and boring treatise on <laughs> what security analysis is, other than his other book, which is Security Analysis. I challenge people to go, you know, read and kind of trust through these things. I don't know if it's because of my background they they did that. You know, when you're in church, they they challenge you to kind of trust through the the language of the Bible. But part of the disconnect is that finance has its own language, and you Mm -hmm. have to spend the time to learn it. I've been in coffee houses right here in Huntsville where I see bankers and real estate gurus and stuff talk openly, open about deals, things that's going on. The people around them don't know because they don't speak the language. It's foreign to them, mm-hmm. so they feel comfortable talking about what they're going to talk about in open air, and that's why I ear hustle too. I mean, again, <laughs> uh, I, I take advantage where, wherever I can. Information is, information is good, but at the same time, you know, if you want to bankrupt a fool, give him information. So, taking those concepts, I think the best book. Yeah, I think I would take that as being the absolute best book for investors and traders. Traders, you're going to need uh, something a little bit more germane to who you are. So there are some books on investor psychology by a guy named Dr. Brett Steenbarger, and then there's a more generic one by a guy named Martin Preen. Uh, Investor psychology, just look it up. You'll see the titles. If you're trading, you probably want to gear more towards those books. But investors and traders – uh, the Intelligent Investor and maybe Security Analysis, both of them by Benjamin O'Graham. They're very old books.
0: Now, I love it. We're up against another break. We'll be right back. We've got 15 minutes if you still want to get in with us. Thank you to the um, truth seekers that have already called in. The number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You must press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, Contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Are you intimidated by money? While this is a question most people never think to ask themselves, but when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Monday, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach, Ashley Thomas, and psychotherapist, Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter on the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages, or contact
5: 404-604-9477.
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-hosts Ashley Thomas, our special guest is Michael Sutler for this morning's discussion question, what is the difference between trading and investing? Again, I want to highlight um, a couple of days from now, Monday night, making money matters. Um, If you will, Queen, introduce that again. For anybody out there listening, what, what we're looking to do on Monday, again, this is every second Monday, um, but in a couple of days, we'll be getting together with Dr. Katrina, psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pittman, um, but if you will, just highlight um, what the goals are for for that. I think it's very apropos considering this morning's discussion. Go ahead, Queen.
3: Yeah, so Making Money Matter Mondays is just a conversation where we go over different things regarding personal finance and why you might not be reaching your goals, and we do that by combining finances with mental health, right? It's not just what you're doing with your money, you're spending it wrong. It could be the way that you learned how to deal with money or what you haven't learned and how that is impacting you. Maybe there are triggers, maybe there are traumas that have happened to you that play out in how you spend your money or how you don't spend your money. Uh, And we're having those conversations, You know how you can identify those issues, things that you can be doing to better manage them, um, positive affirmations that you can be speaking over yourself, right? Because what you seek becomes reality. And so these are just really great conversations that we're having once a month, again, bringing the money and the mental health together to help you really be a champion over your finances.
0: No, I love it. I've spent the last 30 days, I've never done this in my life, having to say, I release my fears surrounding money, <laughs> which is an affirmation that um, Ashley gave us. And as funny as it sounds, um, I literally am starting out this year literally um, making more money than I've, you know, ever made for whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's to me. Um, so I guess the affirmation, in a sense, has worked, because I've had to say this every day for 30 days, it seems, you yes. know, who's never been a huge affirmation person, uh, I definitely uh, am, am losing those fears. So I do want to thank you, Queen, to even highlight and let you know live on the air that the affirmation has been working to a T, and I hope that it continues to work. But back to our yeah. special guest, Michael Sutler. Um, what is the difference between trading and investing? Um, so we know we've said a lot today. We broke down. It's about you, the person, and your emotional, your relationship with money. Um, And and you talk about all, you know, I made you talk about all the time you spent getting to this point, all the years of knowledge, and and like you said, reading these, you know, giving recommendations to certain books, as you said, pretty boring books, but very necessary for people that are looking to get into this game. So for someone who's listening saying, man, I was thinking about it, but it sounds like too much, I think one question that we have to address, I think it's a perfect way to, in a sense, end this dialogue is, what's the risk of not investing? I'm sorry, I didn't bring that brother live. I just muted him for a second. I'm sorry. All right, brother. What's the risk of not investing?
2: Perfect, perfect, perfect. It's really simple. You're going to get left behind in the story. The way not only the United States economy, but the way the world is. And, you know, we – Even to a great degree myself, we spend a lot of times wishing and wanting and actually trying to project what world we want, when in truth, a lot of the really successful people, not just investors but successful in life, see and understand. They take the time to see and understand the world for what it is by making observations, uh, making hypotheses, testing them out, and also being with groups. Once you understand what the world is, what the rules are… You can carve out your niche and make that what it is. You can make the changes. So how does that relate to investing? It's real simple. Time is worth more than money for one reason is that you have it. It cannot be replaced, and you don't know how much you have. When we start talking about investing, we talk about this concept of compounding interest. They call it the eighth wonder of the world, you know. Uh, There's been some gross attributes to Albert Einstein saying that or whatever. Whether he said it or not, it's actually true. The way that money can compound itself either works for you or it's working against you, and it's a stronger force than you or anybody else or anything else you know because it survives. So this inflation that we keep talking about, you hear people saying all the price of stuff is going up. Inflation itself is a byproduct of economic production. That's not the Mm -hmm. classical definition of it is, but as economies grow and expand, and the world is growing, expanding, connecting. That's how we got uh, to the pandemic. That's the pandemic highlighted how truly connected we are. But as Mm -hmm. this growth happens, if you're sitting still, if you're still like analysis paralysis, I don't know, I don't have, you're getting left behind. A person with a million dollars today in 50 years will have less than half of that, even if they stuck it under their mattress. So you have to make your money work for you. It's, a, it's not a new paradigm, really. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. as, as old as the industrial age, it's just mm-hmm. that you now have access. You have a chance to be a part of it. But most people are simply going to be run over, and that's by design. And so, so not investing, risk is high.
0: Extremely high, because at the end of the day, um, Even if all you do is consume and spend your money, you are investing in something with zero return. Yep, or negative mm -hmm. return, which is worse. Yep, and I'm highlighting that, and I want to give credit to Brother Evan Jefferson. He was the first person I ever heard say that. Um, I also wanted to highlight um, people to conceptualize for as much noise as we hear about becoming an entrepreneur. And we kind of mentioned this on the show, but I want to kind of wrap this up to highlight this. Um, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and having side hustles and don't work for anybody. And again, we know that that's being pushed heavily to the forefront, almost to the point of, down, you know, even downgrading people who, in a sense, take the normal route that, as you listen very closely to today's show, Michael would say, hey, if you have this gift of, and really want to get educated, really want to work for it, I will teach you trading. However, most of you should be investors and take a tried-and-true approach. And as he just mentioned, there's rules to the game, and if you learn the rules for whatever your niche is, you can maximize that. So I say this to say that at the end of the day, when you invest, in most cases, especially when it comes to markets or to certain companies or stocks or even mutual funds, you, in in a sense, are becoming an owner. I highlight this because I like again being a numbers guy myself, not to the degree that Michael and Ashley are, but just in, uh, just in general. Eleven percent of the country is full-time entrepreneurs. When you add in part-time entrepreneurs, that only goes up by another four or five percent. So eighty-five percent of Americans work for others. That is a reality. One, there's nothing wrong with it. But you can be in the eighty-five percent and still be an owner. By investing, so I highlight this before you're driving into, into to to our old, listening to this become an entrepreneur, hustle, and when you before you're introduced to that entrepreneurs just like traders are a unique brand and a unique talent and want to take on that responsibility. All the power to them. Quite often they give us our paychecks when we work for them. So all the power to them. But it is also a unique brand, and certain individuals are built for it. But you can be an owner without having to be an entrepreneur who has their own, most African Americans are self-employed, to be honest, versus the owner that writes paychecks for others. I just bring all that into context because investing is an absolute Explain to you, and it is a way to own, and it is definitely a beautiful. If you, especially if you start early, a beautiful way to live out your twilight years, extremely comfortable by listening to an Ashley before you jump and try to become a trader in a day. Versus mm-hmm. Michael has spent seventeen years still trying to figure this game out successfully, but he's in that five percent. Most don't make it. That's the reality, but if you want to learn the game, I would recommend learn it from one of the person who has a track record, but who will highly recommend for you to be an investor, and as he just said, start with someone like Ashley. So that's all I got. I'm going to just bring this last bit of close to you, Michael, as our special guest, and if we leave a little time, we'll let um, Ashley um, say something as well, but if you will, brothers, start with how they can stay in contact with Blacks Academy and everything you're doing before you give us a wrap-up conversation?
2: Oh, well, again, we're we're growing every day. We're launching new content every day. Uh, we have a lot of our free material, and we're going to add some more on YouTube, so B-L-A-X-E Academy on YouTube. Just search for us. You'll find us. Uh, can't miss it. And on Instagram, of course, at Blacks Academy. And, of course, our website, HTTBS, blacks, uh, that's where the real that's where the money resides. So um, I want to go back to what you were saying there about entrepreneurship. And as a trader, you're sort of an entrepreneur, but not really. And I, I, I want to bring something up about entrepreneurship. What makes more money than trading? Entrepreneurship. What fails more than trading? Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs. Are in, And again, this is from personal experience. I had a lot more success trading with a job and doing it as a side hustle than actually running a business as a trader. I almost was wiped out of the game three times. So that entrepreneurship, learning how to run, how to exist in business, has a high chance of failure, but you're looking at that high chance of success entrepreneurship, so again, you don't have to do that to live the type of life that you want. All you're really doing, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're a trader, you're a speculator, you're an investor, you're really trying to look how to support your lifestyle, live the life that you wanted, or maybe in some cases like mine, it was a life you didn't even know you wanted. I valued my time so much, and I knew that underneath, but I didn't understand at the time, well, how do I do that without a nine-to-five? If I had to go back, I probably would have done a few things, but this path was for me. That's why I did all the studying. That's why I'm still accumulating knowledge. And if you're going to stay in the market competitively, just like anything else, whether you're an actor, you're an entertainer, you have to stay relevant with staying with what's available. There's always new information. One of the things that we talk about in Blacks Academy is a growth mindset mindset. It's another one of those terms that people kind of throw out and say, oh, well, you know, I'm gross-minded, you know, I do my affirmations. Now, affirmations do work. I would not have said that 10 years ago, but affirmations do work. But it's more than just affirming. It's a mindset to say, hey, I'm curious, I want to know the truth, I'm going to go after that truth, and once I get this knowledge, which is different from a lot of academics, I'm going to apply this in a way that improves my life and hopefully the lives of those around us. And I think this kind of encapsulates the ethos of what Blacks Academy is, why we are and why we intend to stay around because we want that mindset, that growth mindset to sort of perforate our communities, adjacent communities. Everybody that hears this and it resonates with you, get on it. That's, our best, that's I, the best, way I can say it, just get on try us out.
0: Love it. Ashley, how do they get on um, the Making Money Matters Monday How, follow, tell them where to follow you you can follow me as well but and you have to DM us on our social media go ahead Ashley get that out and then we're out of here thank you Queen
3: yeah you can uh, find me on Instagram at Making Money Matter LLC and just DM me and we'll get you the link so you can make it on to the Making Money Matter Mondays it's every second Monday of the month so if you miss Monday there's still another opportunity for you to come on
2: Absolutely. We'll see you next Ashley. Saturday. Yeah, I'm in, I'm
0: Ashley. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check you guys out for sure. Please, that'll be All great. Right. That'll be awesome. We'll, we'll love to have you, Michael. All right, we'll see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.